0: the best thing that i would could do as a state representative would be to get government out of the way of organizations that are working on those problems um so much of the time you hear people say well we would do this or we would build this or but we've got all these layers of bureaucracy that we're having to deal with in order to do this so we don't have a free market we don't have that in any area and housing is just one example so the closest we can get to a free market, the better. And so my job would be looking at the areas where uh, people are being stopped from doing what they need to do in order to make housing more affordable.
1: Howdy, you're listening to the Think Brasses podcast. We host conversations with locals, politicians, and policy experts to help families thrive in Brazos County, Texas. So when you're thinking about how to make your community better, just remember, think local, think Brazos.
2: Okay, this is Jeff Miller. He is from the Libertarian Party of Texas or Brazos County um, Libertarian <laughs> Party. And he's running for District 14 for the, um, the state Statehouse, basically. And uh, so we're happy to have him on the Think Brazos podcast. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for inviting me.
2: So I, I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about libertar- libertarian um, you know, ideas, because that's not something that a lot of people here locally might even know that there right. is an up and running party. Um, what I wanted to ask you first, though, is in just... Couple of minutes. Um, who are you? Maybe your background, and then a little bit of, of what do you stand for? Why are you running? Anything you want to do in that?
0: Good question. So, I'm Jeff Miller, and uh, I was actually born in New Jersey, but I've lived in Texas since I was six years old, and you know, all of it in Breiner College Station. Uh, so, I've been here a long time and raised here and graduated from a and Consolidated and went to Blinn. And I raised my son here, you know, the the schools and the parks and everything else that I went through. So like second generation, you know, I've experienced all of the um, the the laws put in place by our government and all that sort of thing. And, you know, I have voted. I've been politically active, um, you know, since I was 18. The first opportunity I had to vote, I did. Uh, And so I've followed politics for a long time and I started participating in both Republican and Democrat parties, because like a lot of people, it's kind of trying to find my place. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, these are the only two choices, so I better you know choose one of them or at least check them out. Um, so I participated in conventions. Like when I was a kid, actually, my parents brought me to uh, the precinct conventions uh, that wow. they went to. So I had that experience of even when I was a child, seeing kind of how that stuff happened. Like it was kind of fun, because I actually went to the 1988, um, republican convention uh locally mm-hmm. where it was mostly the george bush people versus the pat robertson people oh, so okay. <laughs> that was that was a fun experience and, and i remember at the time that when i looked at the candidates at you know whatever i was 11 or 12 uh, my favorite was bob dole so it was kind of funny i was sitting there like saying i don't agree with either one of these sides and you know which is very <laughs> typical of me so that's a kind of recurring theme in my life is um Analyzing something where it looks like two choices are being presented, mm-hmm. and going, you know, I don't really like either one of these. Isn't there another option? That's, so there's a lot of, a lot of that in my history. But um, like a lot of people, I started, at, you know, working at age 16. I got a job in McDonald's. Uh, so most of my work history is in restaurant stuff. Okay. But what I did was eventually ended up at Subway and i worked my way up to an assistant manager and then a restaurant manager and now i'm the office manager for the local subway franchise uh, but so i have a lot of experience just living here working here going to school just living and working and playing under the rules and things that are uh assigned here and one of the things that i noticed uh, when i went to vote is a lot of times there were races that there were unopposed candidates Mm -hmm. And especially even this district 14 race, there were several times uh, back when Steve Ogden was the representative and uh, Fred Brown and then John Rainey most recently, where there were t- years where they had no opponent whatsoever. In the primary
2: or in the entire in the general election? Wow. So
0: I looked at it as, I mean, sometimes in the primary also, but I looked at it as um, one of two things is true. Either people aren't is uh, thinking that there should be another choice like they don't know that there's another choice or those candidates are just that popular that nobody wants to run against them and the more that I really looked at it, the more it seemed like uh, the first was was the truth it wasn't that they were so popular it's just that nobody either thought they could win or just thought it wasn't mm. worth their time and because our county has been like electorally in the and most of my life been very Republican Most of the action, so to speak, has been in Republican primaries. So people think, well, once that's over, whoever wins that is pretty much going to win the elections. There's not a lot of there's less attention, actually, in our area to the general election when it comes to local races. You know, people pay attention to presidential and stuff like that. But um, locally, uh, they kind of view it that way. And one thing I noticed when I I watched the interview, one of the interviews you did with uh, John Rainey, uh, where he was encouraging people to be to vote in, and uh, participate more in the primaries. But the thing that he didn't mention is that uh, it doesn't have to be that way in the sense that uh, we don't have to just accept that the small number of people that vote in a Republican primary are the only ones who get to pick the representative. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I saw that often that race was unopposed and and in general. And so when I joined the Libertarian Party uh, and there was – kind of just one of those calls to who wants to run for office. Um, And it was kind of funny because the guy that was doing it, uh, Clyde Garland, who has run for many races here in Brazos County and even some other places before that, uh, he made sort of a call to candidates and said, I I want someone who's willing to do nothing. And I said, I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) And then I thought, well, you know, I might even do beyond that. So the first time around, you know, I had Got a website. I made some signs. I did, uh, you know, a, a few things like that. Social media posts, you know, but I wasn't exactly um, a super active candidate. Okay. But neither was my opponent. Mr. Rainey didn't run any campaign in the general election. In fact, he said on primary night after he had defeated his primary opponent, "There's no Democrat in the race, so I'm through." <laughs> so he was basically saying, you know, I don't exist. I don't have an opponent, you know, and so he's not going to make any effort. And that continued on through the general election where you know, when they had forums and things and interviews and stuff like that, I wasn't invited to any of those things. And my theory, I don't know this for a fact, but my theory is they probably called Rainey first and asked him, and he said no, and so they just said, well, we're not going to have a, uh, two candidates, so we're not going to do it. And I think that's kind of unfair to the voters to not have, uh, you know, they should at least get to hear what the candidates stand for without having to do like a lot of research to find it. I mean, honestly, I think that's kind of our job to do it. And so I campaigned, again, maybe not to the extent that some people would. Uh, I didn't have the money to run TV right. ads and that sort of stuff. But we still got about 32% of the vote in the general election, uh, You know, around 14,000 votes. Yeah. So obviously there were people that thought—
2: And that was 2022? 2022,
0: yeah. Okay. And, and so obviously there were enough people that thought, uh, well, I either am not entirely happy with Rainey or at least feel like— I should voice my opinion that there, you know, that, that there's another choice out there, and wow. so I got their votes. You know, I don't have a bunch of extensive polling or anything that shows who voted right. for me and why, uh, but I can only conclude that that was kind of the, the idea because it was the most that a libertarian candidate had ever gotten in our district, and both in terms of number of votes and in percentage. Wow. And that had been my goal going in because the old numbers really weren't that high. It was around 8,000 votes and something like 19 percent, and I, so I said, well... If I can do a little better than those numbers, I'll be happy. But I had no idea what was yeah. going to happen. As it turned out, it was way better than those numbers. And Clyde Garland, who I mentioned before, uh, he ran for county judge, and he also did the most of any libertarian candidate in that race because he got 28%. Okay. And I remember Channel 3 did a story afterwards where they said, you know, is there some sort of, uh, uh, I don't remember exactly how they characterized it, but they didn't say surge, but sort of like libertarian uprising or something, you know, in this. And they had an a and professor on who said, well, no, I don't really think that's going to be the case. It's just that there weren't Democrats in those races. Therefore, mm-hmm. they theorized it was mostly just Democrats voting for somebody else. Um, but even if that's the case, it was a larger number than had previously voted for okay. libertarians when that same situation was at play. So I look at it and think even some of those people, if they identify themselves as Democrats, mm-hmm. they're not particularly satisfied with the Democrats either. Like they're... they're I think people of both parties who have done the same thing I did, where they sort of said, well, I guess I have to pick one of these two, have started to get tired of both of them and are looking for something else. And I think our job as libertarians is mainly just to show people there is another choice, that both of the major parties uh, stand for more government and more control over your life. And we're the party that says, we actually want you to be able to control your own life and have your own freedoms. And so there is an alternative there.
2: Yeah. Let's go a little bit more into detail of what libertarians believe. For our audience, um, you know, there may be those watching who aren't super familiar mm-hmm. with it. So you said, I think what you just said is is, is like more freedom for your own lo- lives, that kind yeah. of thing. But can we go into that a little sure. bit of what you all believe?
0: Um, I think um, what I've seen through my lifetime and even beyond that when you look at history is that the the United States was founded on the idea of individual liberty and self-government. Sure. The whole purpose of, the whole point of the revolution was that, you know, the crown was coming down and saying, you have to do this. You have to live by our laws, even though we're all these miles away. Well, so the revolution was fought. Every, the whole point was people ought to be able to be able to govern themselves in their local communities, decide mm-hmm. to how they want to live their lives slowly over time we have ceded more of our power and freedom to government and to governments further and further away from us. We've got the state government in Austin, then we've got Mm -hmm. the federal government in DC. So what do you know, like after all these years we have another situation where people far away from us are dictating to us how we're supposed to live our lives and that's not the way it's supposed to be in America. So one of the things that, that really prompted me to want to run for office in 2020 was the way that when we had uh, panic over the COVID virus, Mm. that all of the elected officials just forgot all of those things about less government and letting people live their lives. And they just started dictating to everybody, you know, you can't go to church. You can't, you know, go into this building without something covering your face. You can't even go outside your home for two weeks. Because this is how we the, these experts have decided that we're going to curb this virus. And all of the so-called small government conservatives just went right along with that. And all the way from the federal down to our local officials here, you know, you would think this is that opportunity to say, well, here, hmm. you know, in Brazos County in Texas, you know, we're not going to just swallow that. And they all did. And so I definitely felt like there was a need to have another choice or somebody said, we're not going to respond that way in that situation. but. As a general rule, I'd say libertarians, that is the view, is that we're the sort of descendants of the founding fathers and the people that want self-government. And that right now you have two parties that have both been going in the direction of more control over your life. Mm -hmm. One of them comes out and tells you that. The Democrat Party says that's what you need. The government needs to control more things. The problem is we don't have enough laws and regulations and all that. Uh, So there was a A wise man who once said the problem in american politics is that um, the republicans don't keep their promises and the democrats do and so that's kind of what we've seen is the democrats come out and tell you we want to tax you more we want to spend more we want to control you more republicans pretend like we're against all that and then when you actually elect them and they're in office you see over and over again they continue to do the same thing they also grow government they also raise taxes and spending you know it's just it's sort of like a different flavor of the same type of authoritarian control. So what we're doing as libertarians is saying there's another way, it's the whole thing that make, made America different in the first place. So if you still believe in those ideals or you're coming to them now, then we're out there. So that's what we're offering as an alternative is okay. that idea that you should be able to live your own life, decide how you wanna live, what you wanna buy, what you wanna consume. Uh, w- how you want to run your business, you know all those things that there's so many layers of government now that you have to get through in order to be able to do that. We want to get as many of those things out of your way as possible, okay. so to let you live your life the way that you want to live it. There's this perception that the purpose of government is to solve problems. I'm gonna blow some people's mind when I say that that's not what the purpose of government is. The only purpose of government is to protect the rights of people. Uh, and, you know, the individual liberties that people have inherently. That's what government's role is, not to go around trying to solve very little problem, especially when a lot of those problems were caused by government in the first place. So, so much of the time, uh, there was another wise man, a former libertarian candidate named Harry Brown, who said the government is good at breaking your legs and then giving you a crutch and saying, you know, aren't you thankful that the government helped you with this problem? So, that's the general idea, again, is we're providing that solution that says we're not here to tell you that the government is here to solve your problems.
2: We wanted yeah. to get it out of your way. Okay, and then going a little more into that for a second, um, what what things would the libertarians believe should be regulated?
0: What things should be regulated? Well, I guess my uh, best answer to that is the things that actually do harm. So when you start talking about um, you know what's necessary in government you know if somebody is violent towards someone someone uh, steals from someone someone commits fraud or abuse of some kind those are the things that there's a justification why there's laws against and so when it comes to regulations it's basically that same thing you know things like Pollution or or situations where someone can cause actual physical harm to someone there have to be some regulations because people have the right to You know not be poisoned and things Mm -hmm. like that, you know, so there's there are regulations that are justified But the onus is on the government to show this is why this regulation is necessary It shouldn't be on the people to petition the government the other direction and say here's why we need this regulation gotten rid of It, It there needs to be Uh, Just cause given why you're going to be regulated not the other way around.
2: Yeah, okay Um, And I'm I have a feeling that some of the questions that I have uh, For you today probably be pretty quick answers Um, (laughs) But here's the first one. I've been trying to ask all the candidates this this question is Ultimately, where do you stand on it can be related to workforce housing any number of problems that um, that our state and our district, this district face. Um, But housing is one that that us with Habitat for Humanity, we know a lot about. What is the role, in your opinion, of um, state government in ensuring that people have um, affordable, I'm trying to remember exactly how I asked the other candidates, but I framed it like this, that we've got like about 1,000, when we're talking legal immigration, we've got about a 1,000 people moving to Texas every day for the past number of years. That brings growth, like massive growth that really impacts uh, building homes, um, doing all those things that people need. Is there any role for state government in um dealing with some of the impacts that communities like bryan college station face with that
0: yeah i think and this is, again is going to sort of be across the board in a lot of areas but i think the best thing that i would could do as a state representative would be to get government out of the way of organizations that are working on those problems um, so much of the time you hear people say well we would do this or we would build this or but we've got all these layers of bureaucracy that we're having to deal with in order to do this. So we don't have a free market. We don't have that in any area, and housing is just one example. Yeah. So the closest we can get to a free market, the better. And so my job would be looking at the areas where uh, people are being stopped from doing what they need to do in order to make housing more affordable and get those regulations and laws out of the way. That would be okay. my job. and obviously. A big thing would be listening to organizations like yours and uh, others to what do you think the problems are, what do you think the solutions are, and if those solutions don't transgress on someone else's rights or harm anyone else, let's see how I can help you get those done. So that would be my goal. It would not be to try to impose any particular agenda on anyone. It would be to do what the job actually says and represent the people in my district. So. I would be very much, more than anything, a listener and say, tell me what the issues are that's preventing you from doing what you want to do. My job is to help you get rid of those blocks to doing what you want to do and get things
2: done. Okay. And uh, it it seems to me from what you've been talking about today that, that libertarians are very much pro what they would call true capitalism, right? Does that sound about right?
0: Pro-free market is is the best way I think to describe that.
2: So I'm curious, and this is is related to the thousand people coming every day. Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody has acknowledged otherwise. It's just massive impact on the grid. We saw what happened in 2021. I'm curious what the response of a libertarian like yourself would be to the charges from a lot of quarters uh, looking at this issue of the grid where they say, you know, some of the problem was the underregulated, um, you know, power providers within the state is what really caused that to be such a snafu back in 21, and and the issues with the grid. What would you say to that? I would Basically, say capitalism. Yeah,
0: I would say that it's very unlikely that the problem is actually under regulation. As I understood it, with that part of the problem was that most, if not all, of the board of those Of the grid were not even living in Texas they were from another state so we had this sort of illusion of well we were taking care of it here in Texas but it had really been farmed out to other places Hmm. and that's true of a lot of things it's true that a lot of the construction that happens in Texas and other things and that in itself like dealing with people from other states is not a problem in itself but the the general theme of Things are better done at a more local level whenever possible. Like the closer to the problem the people are, usually the better they are at solving it. Uh, That's another area where that's probably true in terms of you have people that their interests were not in making sure that Texas power was going well. It was in that making sure they made their money somewhere else. Mm. And I think some of the misconceptions about libertarians is that we would enact policies or get rid of policies that would somehow let the biggest corporations just take over everything. The reality is that government now empowers the biggest corporations with most of their laws and regulations and straight up deals they do with the biggest corporations is they give special treatment to those companies that are the biggest. And meanwhile, small businesses and smaller people trying to provide services are the ones that get locked out and go out of business because of that. So libertarians actually believe in getting rid of corporate welfare just as much as we believe in getting rid of social welfare. So the idea is not to have some big takeover or monopoly happen. It's to open up the market where you can have you could have a more local uh, energy provider that isn't so dictated by the state government mm. that we're dealing with that same issue where you know it's the entire state has to deal with it all at once. You could you could open up more research and more ability to get that done without. Relying on a a corporate bureaucracy is not any better than a government bureaucracy, and that's what you sort of create when you fi- when you give favor treatment to okay. the biggest corporations.
2: So I should have asked this earlier, but uh, what are your main? Um, maybe not even you, maybe your party here locally. Uh, what is your main campaign? What are the planks in your campaign that that y'all most talk about? When so that's
0: a good question. Um, I would say for anybody who wants to the the best way is to go to lptexas.org platform you can go to lptexas.org period but that the platform is on the website and it's a state platform but here the local party you know pretty much endorses the same platform it may not be every single issue that our our local people agree on but i think it's a pretty good platform which uh you know stands up to the other parties and most importantly because it relies on those principles i was talking about of self-government as opposed to it being let's poll the people and see which interest groups we can get to vote for us this election and sort of cobble together this collection. Mm-hmm. This Libertarians are much more consistent in that we're not gonna suddenly decide, oh, we're for a bunch of government takeovers because we think this particular group that is will vote for us. Uh, mm-hmm. So those planks of you know, giving you more freedom in all areas, both personal and economic, are the basic ideas, um, but some of the major ones include um, repealing drug laws and other vice laws all drug laws that are uh they are not only preventing people from doing what they want to do who are not harming people directly they're not committing violence or theft or anything like that but also uh, those laws often lead to the kind of violent confrontations that cause police shootings Mm -hmm. and other things like that because they have to we have to devote Resources and people's lives, literally, towards things like raiding someone's house just to obtain their drugs, and that in itself, if that person chooses to take drugs, the only person they're harming is themselves, and it only becomes a problem if they commit violence towards somebody else because they're intoxicated. And we already have laws against all of those things, so the, you know, one of the the biggest uh, things is we have a lot of alcohol-related accidents and deaths, sure. and you don't hear people calling to bring back alcohol prohibition. Mm-hmm. So we've seen that those laws don't work, that they're part of the problem, but yet somehow people kind of put the blinders on when it comes to other drugs because they just have that idea, oh, these these are bad, so we have to separate them uh, because they're worse. But the problem, the thing is, is it's not true, is that, like I said, every reason you can come up with for why these other drugs should be illegal you could also apply to alcohol and it's not so that tells you that there's an inconsistent principle being applied there and once again the onus is on the government to say this is why this law needs to be in place not okay. the other way around I shouldn't have to tell you why I'm allowed to do something and it's not a personal thing about oh we want to pass we want to repeal these laws so we can go out and do whatever drugs we want I've never taken illegal drugs in my life. I don't plan to. I don't even drink alcohol. So Hmm. it's not a a license to behave a certain way. It's saying that people have the right to live their lives the way they want to live. And from a practical standpoint, again, like I said, the laws being in place lead to other problems, other violence and people who otherwise might get help if they have a drug addiction Hmm. problem and they're afraid to because they don't want to get in trouble with the law. So you create this additional problem where you have people that want help but won't get it because of that deterrent. So that's, an, that's one of the big ones in addition to the economic freedom that I was talking yeah. about. Uh, the, what's been affectionately referred to as the COVID regime that I referred to earlier, libertarians are the only ones who said, we would not give you a bunch of emergency orders and say we somehow can control where you can go and how you can live your life it's in the first amendment that people have the right to assembly, the right to worship. Right. And that, all that was just, you know, set aside in 2020 where people said, no, this is an emergency. Therefore we can do this. And those are the basic rights and liberties of people. And you had people that were like, you know, you're not allowed to go to church, you know, or, or other things like that. And we were the ones that said, we're, no, we, we don't set aside our liberties in the in the name of virus panic
2: or any kind of other emergency, did they say that at the time uh, the libertarian party or? yes
0: we we did not as much as some of us would have liked uh, mm-hmm. there, there's some you know controversy about that because the national party maybe didn't uh, uh, say enough about it um, as afraid. much as we could on a local level we certainly try to yeah. and at the state party level but again we have that issue of the recognition where you know it's not the media and most things are not calling us for our opinion most of the time so sure. If we're going to get attention, we've kind of got to go out there and grab it. So a lot of that wasn't done, but a lot of it was difficult to do because, as I said, there was so much sort of everything's locked down and, and uh, restrictions on people. And you know, libertarians are not about, well, let's just go out and break laws because we can. The idea is we follow the same legal ways everyone else does to try to advocate for what we think is better when it comes to the government and laws. And so that was what we attempted to do, is use the means we had to get that message out. But I think, I think that it took a while, but eventually when the polls started showing that more people had a problem with those, then you saw the Republicans start to slowly agree with that and try to, to, to claim that they were always on board with that. But I feel like Libertarians were the ones that were consistent, where we're already against the next mandate, yeah. And that's that's why if you want to stick with the people that are principled about it and don't have to take the poll and see if it's popular enough to believe in it, then we're the ones who do that.
2: Okay. Well, before we uh, sign off here, is there anything in the last minute or two that we have left? Is there anything that we miss that you want to make sure that that we share here today? Well,
0: I'd say the best way to learn more about the Libertarian Party here locally is to go to BrazosLP.org or LPTexas.org is the state party. Um, my personal website is vote-miller.org. Um, I still need to do some updating of that as we, as we record this in, in February. I, I, I still have my site up from the last campaign, but that's my fault. But um, I've been doing a lot of other stuff. But I would say if you want more information about the Libertarian Party, that's a good way to do it. Go to BrazosLP.org. And if you want to participate in our conventions, then don't vote in the primaries for the Democrats and Republicans. Come to our convention, which is actually going to be March 12th. Uh, at c Barbecue and Bryan. So we're going to meet and have our precinct conventions there if you want to find out more about it or participate. Uh, even if you don't want to say, I'm a libertarian, you don't have to. But if you want to come out and see how it goes, then that's a good way to do it.
2: Okay, awesome. Well, uh, Mr. Miller, I really appreciate you uh, coming out today. Um, again, oh my gosh, I'm going to mess it up. Hold up. <laughs> I talked to several people today, so, uh, this has been Jeff Miller with the Libertarian Party running for the 14th District State of Texas. Um, really appreciate you coming. Thanks a lot.
1: The Think Brass podcast is brought to you by Bryan College Station Habitat for Humanity. Our mission is a community where everyone can afford a home they're proud of. Habitat is a 501c3 charitable organization, so we do not make political endorsements. If you'd like to support our work in the community, you can make a tax-deductible donation online at habitatbcs.org. The Think Brazzes podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts and on our website at thinkbrazzes.org. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel if you'd prefer to watch videos of our conversations. Thanks for listening, and just remember, think local, think brazzes.